0: So Heather, I'll wait your confirmation.
1: I've started the meeting we're recording. Uh, good afternoon, Mayor Kelman, council members, <phone rings> of the SB and finance committee members. This meeting is being held pursuant to government code section 54953B and in light of the declared state of emergency, the special meeting of the it's not a special meeting. The meeting of the Finance Committee for February 28, 2022 will be conducted telephonically through Zoom and broadcast live on the city's website.
0: Great, thank you very much. Uh, welcome everybody. Uh, as Heather just mentioned, this is the regular Finance Committee meeting of Monday, February 28, 2022. Uh, I'll just have you call to order. There's only two of us, uh, myself and Council Member Sobieski, Um, so for the record I will note we are both here Um, okay Uh, well thank you everybody Um, I see that we have an opportunity for public comment for items not on the agenda Uh, Heather would you mind telling everybody how they can make a public comment and then we'll see if we have any hands raised
1: video or audio public comment participation to three minutes per speaker if you'd like to make a comment please raise your hand in the zoom application upon when it's your time to speak to raise your hand from the phone press 9 and each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed
0: great thank
1: you
0: uh do you see any hands raised i do not okay i do not either wonderful we'll move on then to the consent calendar uh, removal of items from the consent calendar. So matters listed under the consent calendar are considered routine and non-controversial. Require no discussion are expected to have unanimous uh, support by members of this committee. We do have two items on the consent calendar. Uh, the first is the Bank of America financials. Uh, the second is the treasurer's report. Do we have any public comment uh, on the consent calendar? And I will first ask Councilmember Sobieski if he has input. ah yes uh, number one input is he cannot unmute so if uh, heather or someone could assist with that
2: thank you hello mayor kelman and everyone else uh yeah i would just like to take both these off consent um i have material questions and comments on both of them and uh so if we can pull them off consent and stick them at the end of our business agenda i would appreciate it
0: that's uh, that's fine by me. Um, I will note that this is scheduled to be a 90 minute uh, meeting and we have an extremely full agenda. So uh, there is a chance that some items will get continued. So Councilmember member Sobieski, would you prefer to have those in the beginning or at the end?
2: Uh, you know, it seems to my mind, and again, I apologize if you have different prioritization, we should talk about it. It seems like the audit is the most important material business item um and the question of our uh contract extension or RFP is the second most important item if it were up to me I would order the agenda in that with those two at the top to make sure we get them done and uh and then the other other questions after that so um I don't think just you know my comments on both C1 and C2 and my questions I think in total would take five to ten minutes so I know we have limited time but they i don't think that's a lengthy engagement it's mostly a little bit of direction in, in inquiry of staff and a little bit of direction to make the reports better and more complete.
0: okay then i am uh, i'm on board with that just for members of the public we are going to um take both items off consent but move them to the end of the agenda we may not get to them today in which case we'll put them on our next um finance committee and if we have to do a special meeting uh we will but uh and i'm also going to recommend for Councilmember soviski's request that we move item D6 to now actually be uh, D2. So it would would be right after um, the audit information. Okay, Um, so with that said, any member of the public wish to comment on consent, um, even though we've made statements on that? Okay, I'm not seeing any, so we'll move right along to new business items. Um, Item D1 is the audit results presentation by Mays and Associates. So Catherine, welcome.
3: Uh, Mayor and council member if I can kind of uh, preface the, this with a few statements if I can would that be helpful? Yes sir that would be great. Thank you um, members of the public and obviously staff and committee members uh, we all know that a foundational document for a city is its audit and in the case of Sausalito Mazen Associates has provided audit services for the past six years and I want to point out that you know they've done the work in a pandemic, they've done the work in the middle of continuous change. Whether it's city managers, staff, uh, contractors, consultants, and they've done it uh, in a way that I find very, very, very uh, positive in terms of their output. Uh, so today, as we talk about the audit, uh, I want to you know make sure that folks understand that my perspective on audits is you know without audits, you cannot see what your city is doing with the public's funds. And so, to get an audit report uh, is illuminating, but to have it explained is is even more important. So today uh, we have with us um, Catherine Ewen from Mason Associates to provide you know some comments on the audit and then to speak to the audit. We also have um, Chad Hess, who is uh, with I. Bailey, who we've contracted with to help us prepare the audit, and our new finance director Vivian Chu, who comes to us with significant audit experience. So hopefully we can answer the questions from yourself and from the public and then we can get to item two. So with that, I'll turn it over to Catherine. Thank Thank you. Oh,
4: sorry, mayor. No, no, go ahead, Catherine. Thank you so much. Uh, Good afternoon, Madam Mayor and council member, city staff and members of the public. So I think what I would do is to share my screen. There we go. Okay. Can you see my screen? Yes. Yes. Perfect. So today, um, it is my pleasure to present to you the audit results of the fiscal year 2021 Audit of the City. Um, So a little bit background information about the audit and also, you know, our firm so that you will kind of know, you know, who we are and what we did. Uh, We are a Bay Area firm that we've been in business since 1979 and uh, we've become municipal auditors since 1987 so currently we have about 100 municipal entities i would say 95 percent of them are in the bay area including 50 cities or towns Um, personally i'm your audit engagement partner what that means is um that i actually i i'm in charge of the audit i'm the lead partner and i'm the one who signed the opinion letter Uh, i've been with Mates and Associates for 25 years, um, during which the entire time I did municipal audit. And uh, I am a member of the Cal CPA Governmental Accounting and Auditing Committee. So there's uh, there are about like 30 of us that meet three times a year that we look at new pronouncements and try to get our um, industry alert to fellow practitioners. Uh, most importantly, this is my fourth year with the city as your lead auditor. I will be rotating off um, this year. So the state requirement is that at, at least every seven years, the audit partner needs to be rotated off and also the, the partner that is in charge of quality control. Um, it is a um, requirement by the state so that there is not a uh, intimate relationship between the auditor and the auditees. Um, and also, uh, just to give you a fresh perspective, in the practice of the uh, City of Sausalito's audit, we've been rotating partners every three to four years just to um, make sure that there is a, um, just a fresh perspective. If the city is going to continue with our contract next year, Vicki Rodriguez is the proposed partner and she's been with our firm for 23 years. The, auditors, uh, the audit standards that we followed in fiscal year 21 The first set of um, audit standards that we follow is the um, auditing standard generally accepted in the USA. So most of the auditors that audit US entities follow that. Then there is the government auditing standards. The difference is that the government auditing standards is written by um, the OMB, and they have higher level of um, expectations of the auditors and what we should do, what we should look at. And an important part of the government auditing standards is the independence piece. Now, um, for the next two slides, there are tons of stuff that we list out that we not, we cannot do. So most of them are management functions. We cannot perform management responsibilities. Uh, we cannot prepare the financial data that we're going to audit. We cannot authorize or approve transactions. We cannot provide internal audit assistance. So that will be if you have Um, you want to have performance audit. We cannot be the ones who come up with the scope of what we should look at, how we should look at it. We also cannot supervise our um, ongoing internal control monitoring procedures. We can make recommendations, but then it is up to the city to implement it. And then the next year we'll come back and tell you that, well, did you implement it correctly or not? But we cannot be part of your internal control. We cannot perform executive or employee personnel matters. And also there's a bunch of consulting services or um, plan administrations kind of services that we cannot do. So I just told you a bunch of stuff that we cannot do. So what exactly is an audit? So, there, um, so the goal of an audit is to express an opinion. What we're trying to tell you is that the financial statements that is put together that is in front of you, if they are materially correct. So the data is actually um, prepared by management, and we come in with a third party independent perspective and tell you if after testing, if those data is is materially correct. So three of the main component of an audit is, first of all, we do risk assessment. Based on um, our knowledge of the city, of the industry and the area, we, um, We prioritize, well, what actually is going to be higher risk? For example, with um, COVID environment, we think that remote transactions will be higher risk because it is new to the city and um, there is less um, physical oversight. So we will look at that more in depth than in prior years. After we identify the risk, then we will have a plan then we will come out to the city hall or in this case um, do, through remote audit conduct work then based on the work we go back to risk assessment well based on what we have seen what are the high risk area and then we we mm-hmm. our audit plan and then we go so on and so forth until we can conclude the audit how it looks like in fiscal year 21 is that after um the risk assessment and Um, audit planning we conducted the interim phase of the field work in july 2021 it is a little bit later than what we would do for the other client uh, other audit clients but because um the city had a um significant staff turnover in the finance uh, functions so we waited until um everything settled a little bit before we came out to do the audit During that phase of the audit, our main goal is to understand the environment of internal control. So for auditors, what we are looking at is there should always be accountability. One person can have access to the resources, and then another person should reconcile the records. So an example will be there is a check signer that can sign checks, but that person should not also reconcile bank statements. So that's what the accountability that we are looking at. Um, so through interviews and observations and also um, the evaluation of what staff is doing and the segregation of duties, we step back and take a look to see if there is enough internal controls. Now we just don't we don't just take uh, your staff's word for what it is. For key areas, we actually ask them to show us the evidence. We also do control testing for cycles, like um, payroll, disbursement, and cash receipts. Um, In in control testing, we pull a transaction and then make sure it's valid, make sure it's reasonable, charging to the right accounts, and also that those procedures are following the uh, city's policies. So those are what we do in the interim phase of the audit. And at the final phase of the audit, um, so now it is November of 2021. At this point, the city staff has already prepared the financial data that is in front of you today. And our main goal is to test those data through confirmation with third parties, recalculation, estimation, sample testing, stuff like that, to gain a comfort level that to say that those data are actually materially correct we say material because we cannot test every single transaction but we think that they are you know in the big picture those numbers is reliable that's what materially correct means so that's what we did in november um now i want to point out that last year the audit was not finished until march and this year we dated our opinion i believe it was in sometimes in january so despite the high turnover in the city staff the city did improve in the uh, timing of the audit. One of the most exciting thing in my world last year was the implementation of a new GASB statement. Um, So GASB means Governmental Accounting Standards Board. Statement 84 is for fiduciary activities. What happened was that GASB felt like every single entity um, treats their fiduciary activities differently so these what it means is that these are outside entities that is the city is keeping the books for them and guess we wanted to take a look at it to see what should be included on the city's financial statement and what should not so going through the uh implementation it was determined that the retiree opip benefits trust fund that's the um that's the trust fund that is funding the other post employment benefits for your employees and retirees, that should not be reported on the city's basic financial statements. The city is still keeping track of the transaction and doing monitoring. It's just under the new accounting standard, it should not be considered part of the entity of the city and therefore should not be reported in the financial statements. Now, we, with all that information, so the most important thing of this presentation is to tell you the audit results. Auditors are not the most exciting people, so we're going to tell you that the city received an unmodified opinion, which is actually super exciting. That means it's a clean opinion. Um, and also, uh, we also conducted the Transportation Development Act audit. Uh, the city received some money to uh, for certain projects is um, these are the tda grant money and the city received a clean opinion on the, um, the spending of those funds also so congratulations to city um, especially city staff because i know that they um, they spent a lot of time this year cleaning up the books and also um, i will, i would like to mention that it is a great undertaking to have a high turnover of staff and trying to do the audit completely remote because of the um the pandemic uh what used to be that we would just come to the city hall and ask for information um it became a lot of going back and forth in emails and also scanning documents to us so it's definitely an increased workload for um, the city staff but they also they uh, despite that they still managed to finish the audit two months in advance of last year so that is a um that's a big accomplishment uh for the city staff. Now now um after going through the audit results, I would like to just kind of point out a few highlights of the financial statements that is in front of you. If somebody wants to just look at a very high-level summary, the two places that I would recommend: one is the management discussions and analysis, which is located right behind um, behind our audit opinion. The management discussion and analysis was written by management. And uh, what they did was that they compared uh, the financial results of this year versus last year and explain what actually happened, what caused the variance. It's a very informative document uh, to understand what actually happened in fiscal year 21. If you want to look at the fund balance and net position, so those are the equity at the end of the year. If you want to look at how much money a fund had or uh, how much money the, the city had at the end, not money, but fund balance, like available resources, I should say, note six is a great place to look at that. A couple of the highlights of the financial results. Before I get into it, Um, I wanted to kind of explain the difference between an entity-wide level financial statements versus fund financial statements. Now, what makes governmental uh, financial statements kind of difficult to understand is that what we are giving you is actually two different sets of financial statements. Mm -hmm. The first set is is located right after the management discussion and analysis. It's called the entity-wide level financial statements. If you're familiar with like corporate financial statements, those are your consolidated financial statements. It tries to pull all the resources together and put it into like one or two columns to show you in a very big picture, how did the city do where it was at June 30th, 2021. Then you have fund financial statements that kind of show you pockets of money that set aside for different, uh, different uses. So you have the general fund, and then you will have like other special funds that um, then it kind of just show you in that fund, how did the city do, what actually have happened. The major difference between the two sets is that the entity-wide level financial statements show long-term assets, like your capital assets, and long-term liabilities, like the, your long-term debt. The governmental fund financial statements do not show that. The reason behind that is that for entity Y, while entity Y show you a big picture, governmental fund level statements are meant for decision makers like you to make a decision for the near future. You know, in the next twelve months or in, in the near future, how much do you think is going to come in, and how much do you think that you need to, um, you know, uh, spend. So that's the difference. So the equity uh, in the, under the entity y level is called net position and the equity on the fund level is called a fund balance so so this is the big picture portion the entity-wide level the city ended uh, the year with assets of 99 million dollars which consists of um, 74 million dollars in capital assets and 16 million in cash and investment liabilities amounted to 72 million dollars the biggest items were 32 million in long-term debt and 31 million in net position. I'm sorry, net pension liabilities. So that left um, a net position of $193 million, which was $870,000 decrease from prior year, mostly due to a 1.9 million decrease in the parking fund. The parking fund, took a, uh, a significant loss this year because of the pandemic with due to decrease in parking activities. Um, so that fund incurred a loss. Now, two of the items that I have not mentioned yet are deferred outflow and deferred inflow. A lot of people, they don't really know what they are. And then um, because it just mysteriously appeared on your financial statements about five years ago so it's a very simple answer of what deferred outflows and deferred inflows are, is that those are the items that will be amortized on your income statement in future years. Um, so it's almost like it's, it, it is on the balance sheet as a holding place until future years when the city recognizes these income and expenses. Now why would that be? So an example will be, um, in your pension liability so the the city has um uh, a pension you know retirement trust with CalPERS those trust in investment in the trust every year has a um increase in the de- and decrease in market value so sometimes because these are long term investments in the trust there will be um one year the city may have a very um big capital gain and one year you may have a really big capital loss. Gatsby feels like that those up and down shouldn't be recognized on your income statement all in one year because then it's going to create a very big fluctuation on your net position. Therefore they provide a timeline of five years to um, kind of smooth out the performance of these um, investments in in this uh, trust account. So the unamortized loss of the investment will be, uh, is currently showing as a deferred outflow and the unamortized gain on the investment is currently showing in your deferred inflows. So that's what it is, is is the future year income statement items. I know that is very confusing, but that's where it is landing according to GASB. Now the equity number, the net position, in the entity-wide level, there are three components. At June 30, 2021, the city had 43 million dollars in net investment in capital assets. What that means is that this portion of your equity is tied to your capital assets, minus the debt that was issued to build these assets. So they are uh, they are very not liquidable. Like if there is not there's no way. You can spend any of it unless you sell some of your capital assets. Restricted, cap- uh, uh, ca- restricted net position, those are the equity that is tied to a restriction imposed by a third party. So a lot of times those are, uh, maybe there is a grant agreement that is uh, tied to that amount or other um, special development developer's fees that will um, lend you the equity in that category. Now then you notice there is a negative 14.9 millions unrestricted now what does that mean so that's the leftover um equity number and the reason why it is negative is that if you recall about five years ago when the city started booking the net pension liabilities on its books and then a couple years later the net opep liabilities um as required by the gas fee it through um the unrestricted net position into a negative number and i want to say about 70 percent of my clients have that situation so if you compare the negative 14.9 million dollars to the total net pension and opiate liabilities of 36 million dollars you can see that this 14 million is caused by a very long term liabilities that the city will paid um will repay in a, a long period of time so it's not a current um equity issue is more a mathematically this is how the city ended up with a negative 15 million dollars unrestricted net position okay okay moving on to the fund level i would like to just highlight one fund which is your general fund that's where uh, the uh, the city's operating fund is Uh, fund balance Ended at thirteen point eight million dollars, which is a two point one million dollars increase. Uh, the city received uh, higher revenue than expected um, in the second year of COVID. Uh, every a lot of my clients were very conservative in their budgeting process during um, fiscal year twenty one, and then ended up receiving more revenue. And there was also an increase in transfer in from other funds. Now there are. Five pockets of uh, fund balances according to the gasby and four of them apply to the city at the end of fiscal year 21. The city had 1.4 million dollars in non-spendable fund balance. What that means is that those are the equities that is tied to an asset already. So in this case, most of which was a um, a loan between the uh, general fund to other funds. So that is the resources not available to be spent in other purposes. Restricted fund balance, again, these are the um, funds that is imposed by the, um, this is a fund that is imposed by the um, outside parties to, uh, to, so that this money cannot be spent in other purposes except through those agreements. Assigned fund balance are fund balances that have been assigned a special future purpose by city staff, and then that will leave you with the unassigned fund balance. Okay. One of the most frequently asked questions um, that my you know my board or my council asked me is that well, how is our fund balances compared to other people? Do we have enough? So currently, there is no um, legal requirement of how much fund balance that a city should have. Uh, however, the um, there is this national organization is called Governmental Financing, I'm sorry, Government Financial Officers Association (GFOA) that they published a best practice paper a few years ago, and what they recommend is that the general fund, unrestricted fund balance, should cover at least two to three months worth of average monthly revenues or expenditures whichever one is more stable so whichever one has a flatter curve uh, um, you know so when you think about if it is a city that has highly um, highly dependence on sales tax then you probably should look at expenditures instead of revenue because the revenue number is not as stable as the expenditure number So I did a calculation for the city for uh, fiscal year and the 21, and um, it turned out that the city has um, enough fund unrestricted fund balance to cover about 8.3 months of expenditure. So what that means is that theoretically, if the city had lost all its revenue stream at uh, July 1st, 2021, the city should survive 8.3 months of, Expenditures. Okay. In conjunction with the audit, we also issue this other report. It's called a memorandum on internal control and required communication. What we communicate in this document is that um, we two types of do- two types of um, items that we communicate. One is called a control deficiency. The other one is other matter. Underneath control deficiency, um, there is material weakness and significant deficiency. So, what control deficiency means is that during the audit, when the auditors come in and try to understand the control, uh, um, the internal control environment, if we feel that the current design or operation of a control um, does not prevent does not uh, help the management or employees during the normal course of performing their functions to prevent, detect, or correct a misstatement on a timely manner, that's called a control deficiency. I know it's a very long sentence. So what that means is that if we look at what the city is doing right now, not right now, but last year, when we come in, we look at fiscal year 21. Mm-hmm. We look at the procedures and the operation, and we feel like if staff just follow What they're doing they probably cannot prevent detect or correct a mistake on the financial statements in a timely manner that's what is called a control deficiency if we feel that this control deficiency can have a material impact on the financial statements then it is called material weakness all other control deficiency that we would like to bring to your attention they are cost significant deficiencies in 21 uh
2: that were either non-material or material weaknesses that have been responded to by the city uh, so that we can have a sense of whether the city is responding appropriately to these annual audits yeah
4: so Okay, let me make sure I understand. So, yes, we have it will be on last year's in fiscal year 2020 um, memorandum on internal control, but I can provide that to you.
2: Yeah, if you asked us to do 10 things and we still haven't done one of them, that's different than if you asked us to do one thing and we didn't do that one thing. So oh, okay. So
4: I, I understand. So, last year we only had one recommendation, and it's which is the staff staffing resources plan, and it's still in there
2: okay so last year's audit had this recommendation it's still not implemented is what you're
4: correct
2: for us nevertheless since you've had a multi-year engagement with us just to have a sense of a pattern it'd be useful to know to what extent the city's responding to uh deficiencies that are found in its annual audit okay Uh, we have a list of all of them over the cumulative time you've been engaged with the city and noting the ones that we've uh knocked off the list and those that we haven't okay um speaking of material weaknesses you talked on slide 25 about the material weakness in regarding um and, and I'm, I'm sorry that it was the first time i saw that slide because it wasn't the one attached to the agenda there were many items but you kept saying there was just one so i'm honestly a little, little confused as to whether there's one material weakness or several i don't know if you could put that slide back up again and maybe speak to it again
4: sure which one is it slide 25
2: it was the summary uh yes yeah, slide i wrote slide 25 i'm not sure the title
4: oh i see what you mean because you have a different i i'm sorry about that okay is it this one
2: let me yeah that was it so okay. you kept speaking about there being one material weakness caused by large staff turnover that prevented uh, and i'm sorry i didn't get all the words but now here we have i don't know it looks like nine things okay to so digest them all so do we have one material weakness that's a consequence of job shifting responsibilities as we transition from one finance team to another or do we have a systemic uh, permanent weakness because of some flaw in our
4: procedure? What happened was that these all these nine uh, these items are caused by the turnover of the department, and um, I think it started from the year before, and then it continued onto fiscal year twenty one. So the year before we had the issue of you know the staff resource plan that recommendation, and then it. It became more significant this year because, this, um, because of the turnover, that the department was falling behind. So we noticed even more um, what we call like the symptoms. These are the things that we noticed, but it's caused by the same thing, which is because of the staff turnover and the lack of resources. That's why we not lump them all together. Under other standards, we need to report to you what we found. So we found these nine things, but we didn't want to tell you nine times it was caused by the same thing so we kind of put it all together
2: okay so related to my previous question then is there a um ask just like you have a staff resource plan was the previous uh to-do item is there a to-do item off of this or has this maybe it's a question for Chad already been attended to by the now permanent changes that we've made to the finance department
0: and Councillor Sobieski, um, Chad might be in a better position to respond to that. I know that on at least one of the items you mentioned, um, the city manager did work with Chad and it will be showing up as fixed. So maybe Chad, can you weigh in here?
5: Yeah, I certainly can. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Um, so with, with the findings that she is discussing, the, the output is the memorandum of internal controls. And it is a written document that we um, will provide to you and it has been provided to the city in that it talks about all of these 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 challenges um that we've had and there's kind of a criteria and a condition and then it gets down to um uh, i'm sorry i'm just i'm going to get to the right page here it gets down to kind of the 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 cause and the effect what's the underlying cause of this so the items that were listed are kind of the outcomes or the results of of the cause and the cause that is stated is the same for all of them it says the city experience significant staff turnover in the administrative services department during fiscal year, 2021, as a result, internal controls over various functions of the city was greatly affected during the year. Um, So there is a written report and it breaks down all of those, those items, the items listed timely review of journal entries has been corrected. We've put in place a better procedure to show who is preparing it, who is reviewing it, who is committing that document. And in our weekly staff meetings, we now have kind of a running metric that says, what are the open journal entries? So that way we can ensure that we have better visibility on the timely review and committing of those journal entries. Um, Bank reconciliations, that has been an area of challenge. But again, we are still way farther ahead than we were when we started um when I when I started to be engaged July of of this year of 2021 I'm sorry um daily cash receipts that's another area that is listed um in the past those were open and outstanding for a period of, of of almost a month um right now that again is a key metric that we track within our weekly meetings of the finance department and those are being committed much much more timely we still struggle with a few departments that feed stuff in to get us support, but we, we have better visibility. And, again, we are, are, are reaching out to those departments to be kind of a, a, a friendly reminder to submit their documentation so that we can get those reviewed and committed, which enables us to reconcile that bank account. Um, segregation of duties for major areas. So, for example, the accounts payable and accounts receivable vendor databases was an area of concern we've gone through and we've changed the security within our accounting system to further restrict who has access to make changes so the we'll we'll focus on the accounts payable cycle we when we started the the system was was kind of wide open so that a kp clerk could make changes to the ap database we've since revoked that ability um Only certain people can make changes to that vendor database and customer database. And I've developed a tool for the finance director to go in and they can look at what has changed in those databases from a period of time. I've got a little date range filter that they can very, very easily see what are the new vendors that were added, what changes were made to that vendor database to bring that integrity back to that that system. So we have fixed the accounts payable and the accounts receivable customer and vendor databases. Um, the other item, accounting system log and super user rights, that one is still a work in progress. Um, I've been working with our vendor to get access to that change table and I'm struggling to, to find what I need. Um, so that's an area that we still are, are working on. And then outstanding checks, item H is, is still there. Um, it's on our radar. It's kind of been moved down the list, but that is an area that we need to clean up because we're, we're out of compliance with, with state statutes on that. Um, accounts receivable review was item I on the memorandum of internal controls. That resulted in the, the Spinnaker had a receivable, and that was brought to the Finance Committee several months ago where it was like 180,000 receivable that went uncollected for a period of time. Um, in our reconciliation, um, going through and preparing for this audit, that was one of those items that raised, raised my attention. And we have collected that. We've put together, uh, a, a reconciliation of all those AR balances right now. It's kind of a manual process, but it is being reviewed. We need to work to a more automated solution where it's not as manual of a, of a, of a review and, and tracking of that. So I think there's more opportunities on the, the accounts receivable review. Um, so those are, those are kind of the status updates of where we're at right now.
2: Chad, thank you for that thorough answer. Um, so it sounds like you're responding immediately to the, the preliminary conclusions of the auditor. I guess the yes. question is, is the next opportunity to, and you give us basically your scorecard of how well that's going some things you say are taken care of some are still challenges and at least one thing is you know still on the to-do list yep um, with the next independent opportunity to verify whether these changes have been implemented well be the next audit or is there some opportunity to do a spot check on just these areas of improvement by again a third party so we've got a couple of opportunities so
5: right now the next audit the preliminary time is scheduled in may so that would be where they would come in and do that risk assessment for the period of time 7-1-2021 through through May. And they're gonna look for these same things. They're gonna pull support for journal entries for payables, receivables, bank recks, treasurers reports, and look for, for for proof or evidence that those things have been corrected. The other opportunity would be to, to reach out to a independent Firm, either I don't know if Mays could do an, an agreed upon procedure or we could find another public accounting firm to come in and do a basically an interim testing. And that that could be done as soon as we can get somebody engaged to do so. And, and an and interesting-
0: Sorry, sorry Councilor, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I just want to make sure you get the response, adequate response to your question. And so I think the city manager can respond to the staff transition piece as well. So when you're ready, for that information um he would be the better source of detail yep
2: great uh okay well interim testing sounded interesting and that could be more narrowly focused on the areas of deficiency rather than a comprehensive audit right correct you
5: could you could engage someone to do just the control testing they could come in and look for those those items on our memorandum of internal control look for evidence of timely review of journal entries look for evidence of of cash receipts being committed very timely look for evidence of bank reconciliations look for evidence of you know review of vendor changes or customer changes
2: okay so um then just stepping a little bit more broadly maybe it's a question for you or and and or catherine just uh what was pointed there were two things i heard from the presentation one is the audit was clean the second is in the memorandum of uh internal controls there are some deficiencies um help me understand how you can have a potential material deficiency and still arrive at a conclusion that the audit is clean help
4: us all understand that um chris would you like me to answer that question yeah okay sure okay so first of all all the standards require us that when we noted a control deficiency that we think we should bring it to your attention even after staff has fixed it, we still need to bring to your attention. So in a a lot of ways, this is what happened when we came out in July, looking at the, um, what had happened between uh, July 1st of 20 to June 30th of 21, we saw all these things that happening. Even afterwards that, you know, with the consultant and the city that they fixed it, we still need to let you know that had happened. So that's why, there is a material weakness a lot of, a lot has changed since july 1st until the end of the audit because of what we noted we did have to do extended procedures um for example um i believe the journal entries we tested one um like a sample of 40. then we told the city well this is what happened we're going to find evidence this and that and then the city staff and also the consultant had to go back and re-review all the journal entries for the year and we put another sample. So we have to do extended procedures to make sure that we are comfortable that the financial data presented to you at the end is materially correct.
2: Got it. So what I'm hearing you say is that mm-hmm. because of some of the material weaknesses, you had to do further investigation and testing. So correct. that you could verify that there was, um, that the numbers are actually accurate.
4: Yes. Yeah, so if it, for example, for cash receipts, if we have an issue, then we have to test more revenues. So there are procedures we have to do to compensate for what we saw to come to a conclusion. So the clean audit opinion just means that the numbers are materially correct. Doesn't mean that the environment itself is clean at the time the transactions happen.
2: So you're an independent third-party auditor, and you stand by the statement that our numbers are materially correct?
1: Correct. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Council Member Savieski, any other questions?
2: Uh, no, I'll, I might have some more, but not yet.
0: Thanks. Okay, great. Well, let's go to city manager and then we'll take public comment and then we'll bring it back up. So city manager.
3: Thank you, Mayor and uh, council member. I wanna give some more flavor to the transition concern. that has been noted, um, you know, as of uh, last fiscal year, which ended June 30th, July 1st, uh, you know that as a council, uh, we entered into a budget, and that budget included a contract for finance uh, services. It was outsourced. Um, that contract was changed after four months. Uh, you also know that in that process, in order to keep the audit process on track, uh, we retained ID Bailey, which, which we've done, uh, had on, and have done good work for us. In addition to address the stability issue, we've hired uh, with your approval, uh, three positions. And and one of them in particular is a finance director position. So what you're seeing, which is all the transition that occurred, uh, we've tried to correct this year. And we're in the midst of that correction. And so the audit next year ought to reflect those corrections that have been made uh, through your authorization and the moves that we've made to rebuild our finance department. Thank you.
0: Thank you, City Manager. Um, Okay, let me just pause here. I know we have several members of the public and there were some concerns about this audit and wanting to understand it further. So um, let's see if we have any public comment on this item and then we'll bring it back up uh, to council members. Uh, Can you please, uh, Heather, let everybody know how to give public comment? Video or
1: audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you'd like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you'll be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, press nine. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And Mayor, I see one hand raised. Okay, great. Sandra, welcome.
0: Can you please allow her to unmute?
2: You're still muted, Sandra.
0: You're still muted, Sandra.
6: Still muted, my friend. How about now? You got it. You're in. Okay. My screen is almost black at home for some reason. So I'm unable to see things very clearly. I I wanted to tell you that as a member of the public, I share some of the questions that uh, council member Sobieski raised. Uh, I would like to see a, a, a report to the council and to the public uh, about the changes that have occurred since the, the discrepancies were really announced at the mid year in 2021 during in the finance committee. For example, the payroll register did not tie to the money outgoing for payroll. Um, the bank re- reconciliations were not done. The journal entries were batched. Uh, these things, um, in addition to the material weaknesses, uh, would need to be um, summarized in a way that we as the public, and I'm sure members of the council as well, can look and see, this is what our deficiency was. And as so- uh, council member Sobieski raised, these were fixed. These are not fixed. These are in progress. Uh, or we can't fix them. I'm I'm sure there are some discrepancies that came up that were disclosed prior to the um, personnel change that may not be able to be fixed. And I would like the public to know what those are. Uh, And uh, also I would like a clear list of things that are attributable to the personnel personnel change uh, versus those that were intrinsic uh, within the system. Uh, that were not related to personnel uh, maybe they all are related to personnel i don't know but it, it was very alarming as a member of the public to have the discrepancies disclosed this last year and i'm very enlightened and pleased to hear that the city's taking really direct steps to wreck to correct our our discrepancies and our material weaknesses so um If we could have a summary of where we were, where we are, and where we're going, in in a clear um, uh, layman's terms, that would be very helpful. Uh, So I just want to tell you that, as a member of the public, I've been very concerned about this issue, and hope that we are on track in correcting this and having systems in place that it doesn't happen again. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Heather, do you see
0: any other hands raised? To speak to this.
1: I do not see any other hands raised.
0: Okay, so with that said, we'll close public comment on the, this item, the audit. Bring it back up. Um, I just really want to thank uh, the city manager, who I uh, I know we we had I don't know uh, 12 or 15 finance committee meetings last year, and we we had a lot of requests. And he, together with Chad from Id Bailey and Catherine uh, from Mays, worked really hard. To address a lot of these concerns, and it was uh, it was a heavy lift, and I know you guys worked uh, tirelessly. So thank you for doing that and for for helping us uh, better understand our position. And as the last speaker said, where we could go from here. So I, I do also like that idea of um, summarizing this. And Chad, I saw you nodding vigorously as well. So it seems like it's something um, that we could obtain. Something that again, in layman's terms, that the council um, at without having to understand what a GASB is or you know other financial terms can understand where we were um, to the extent you can attribute it to a particular um, action or lack of control. I think that would be helpful and just sort of envision a matrix around that. And then uh, I think that will all help us You know, on a quarterly basis, be able to look back and say, okay, where are we on each of these? How are we doing on each of these controls? And to councilor Sobieski's point, these we can create some type of regular review uh, cycle for this particular item. So I like the idea very much. Council member Sobieski, really excellent questions. Anything more to add or direction for staff?
2: I would just say, like they say, you know, um, my dad gave me a hard time for not balancing my checkbook. And that's what the analogy is that our auditor said about some of our processes, which is, you know, when you don't balance your checkbook, you're opening yourself up for potentially, having an inappropriate check written or an illegal check or having some debit on your account that you actually didn't owe. And when the auditor finds out that I'm not balancing a checkbook, what they did is they went in and looked at every check and they checked the balance in the account. And their conclusion is, uh, no, my, my personal checking account is fine. There's been no illegal debit or inappropriate credit. Um, so the numbers are fine from the bank statement on my checking account, but... I should be balancing my checkbook because that's the appropriate procedure to have um, to ensure that we don't require an auditor to find uh, errors and mistakes. So that's what I'm hearing here is that we haven't been doing things as ship shape as we should uh, in the past. But, you know, we literally have a new sheriff from town uh, who was hired less than a year ago and uh, a new finance director and a new finance department. And I understand that changes are being made. And to um, Ms. Bushmaker's comments, I think uh, the confidence of the town would be improved uh, and everyone's morale would be improved if uh, we just wrote the narrative about the problems that were found and the solutions that have been implemented. Um, I think the bottom line and the key one is I asked whether the numbers, whether our independent third-party auditors stood by our financial numbers and could on the basis of what we provided them. She said yes. To me, that's an important takeaway and one that ought to be really heralded and underlined three times because there has been some question about whether that's true and some understandable confusion about what what it means when you highlight a procedural weakness uh, with whether that undercuts the legitimacy of the numbers. This is not, from my understanding, that case at all. The auditors stand by the accuracy of the city's financial statements. Um, and they're pointing to ways to continue to improve the finance department that has uh, been continually improving over the last several months. Let me see if the
0: city manager has some closing comments as well.
3: Uh, thank you, uh, mayor and council member. I do have a couple I wanna point out that are part and parcel to uh, the public and staff and um, the work that we do. Uh, number one, you know, you've got to be able to know where your money is, account for your money, uh, and I think that's what audits do uh, and for my edification in Sausalito one of the things that I've asked and that is done that is different than any city I've ever been in is uh, any check over ten thousand dollars I review it and I sign it uh, uh, <laughs> and there's not a whole lot of them that come by that are more than ten thousand but I see every single one of them and I sign them all uh, with a wet signature that says I read it and I approve it Uh, and that helps me in two ways. Number one, it helps me know who the city's doing business with and helps me know what kind of money is going out uh, in the budget. The second thing is the city has uh, uh, an authority for the city manager to enter into contracts uh, without council authority following process up to $30,000. And one of the things that I'm accustomed to do and I will do at the end of this fiscal year is I'll provide an accounting to the council and the public of every single one of those Contracts that was let under my signature authority without council approval. Those are two things that I think are important in terms of the public understanding. You know how the city uh, manager views the importance of its finances. People and personnel are the most important, but without finances and financial oversight, you cannot do your work as a government entity. Uh, I want to take the time to really thank you all as the council for allowing us to rebuild our finance department. To retain Id Bailey, and I also want to point out to the public that when we hired a new finance director, one of the, not one of the most important aspect of, of the skill sets that were required on my end was someone that has some audit experience because that has been such a such a question in the community. So if you look at uh, Vivian Chu's resume, which is attached to uh, the staff report, that will give you some sense of her experience with audits. Uh, I'd also like to thank Mays. Uh, uh, Maze and Associates has done the work that they're required to do as an independent third party auditor to provide the information that the staff has to fix address. And in and, and doing that, you know, they're essentially the messenger of the work we do, but it's incumbent upon the city staff along with the city council to make sure that that work gets done. And, and that's part of what, what I need to be responsible for. So uh, Mays has done their job in my estimation and done it very well. Uh, you know, We have to do more work on our end that work is starting and continuing and uh, you know next year's audit uh you know with the findings that you heard about you know and the improvements that we intend to make and the clarity we intend to address them with the public should be uh, a normal audit i will say this um uh, working with with consultants over the last uh, 40 years uh, you know they have a job to do they do it and i think uh, catherine pointed out real well the auditor does not work for the city manager does not work for the finance director. Does not work for anybody on staff. They work for the city council. So that's my comments and my close, and I thank you both.
0: Right. Thank you very much, team. Um, okay, well, direction I think is clear. Uh, a, a layperson's report, both for the public and for the council. Um, and uh, we will work with the city manager on timing of that and uh, hopefully get it onto a city council agenda in the next month. I don't think that's too aggressive.
2: Okay. There, there is still the open question uh, for us to consider about whether we want to have an interim check on these areas, or whether we just wait for the annual in the subsequent year. So I don't know where to fit that into our thinking, but that is an open question.
0: It's a great point. I, I would like to see a quarterly um, review based on this matrix that I think um I, Bailey and, and Mays can compile. And it should be, if done well, it should be easy to consult and say where are we on each of these. So um, I'll suggest quarterly and, you know, ask Vivian as as the staff lead uh, to acquiesce to that, if that's okay. Okay, uh, Councillor Sobieski, does that sound good?
2: Just wondering if we wanted to have an independent check on that, or are we, are we satisfied with having it be internal between um, ideally and Vivian? Mm-hmm. Um, or if we, again, it's a really the question of this, um, well, just if we want an independent check on that or not. I think updates on it sound great, but. Do we want to explicitly ask for an independent, uh, what is it called, interim, an interim uh, test? Yeah, it'd be, it'd be called like an agreed upon procedure where they
5: would come in and we would say, these are the items we want you to look at, and they would they would go and, and review those things.
2: Yeah, can that fit under the scope of an existing contract or would that be a part of a new
5: deal? That would probably be part of a, a separate agreement. Catherine, is that something you would be able to provide? Would be like an agreed upon procedure at, at a given point in time?
4: Yeah, we could, or then the other way to, do. I mean, and it depends on your timing um, for the committee. The other thing we can do is because our interim is only in two months, we can have a meeting after to, you know, to let you know what we've found during our interim audit. Because usually after interim audit, we we have a running list of, these are the items that we found. Let us know if, you know, let us know what you're going to do with it. So we can have more meetings than just a year-end meeting because you know the the point is that we need to have uh independent communication anyways so that's a, just because it's two months we're only two months of, well actually like uh, yeah two two months away by the time you um enter into a new contract and then trying to figure out field work that may be later you know we would we'll uh, we have done that uh, We have done it quarterly for our oddities that have concerns, we can definitely do that. But it's just, um, I think because the interim is so close already, so you may want to just have a meeting after. But it's up to you.
2: I mean, that sounds like a good idea if, if that's the direction we're going is to just append that to a previous schedule and to give that kind of feedback rather. It reduces the lag time between when we think the problem is solved and when we get verification that it's solved by an independent party.
0: Support that. Okay, why don't we make note that, that that's a request from finance and sounds like it would fit under the existing contract. Okay, so Vivian in our next uh, finance committee meeting and sometime in the next four weeks, we will revisit this and then per council member Sobieski's excellent suggestion. Uh, we will also look at the agreed upon procedure uh, and then moving forward on a quarterly basis. Did I capture everything team? Okay again thank you very much um i think we'll move on to the next uh, item which we did move up and also just a quick time check uh unfortunately we do have a hard stop today at 1 so i don't know that we're going to get to the um rest of the items in in thoroughness and so i'll work with the city manager and councilor sobieski to find another um uh, date and time either this thursday afternoon if possible or even monday so i'll throw those out but while folks are thinking about that, let's go ahead and turn to item uh, formally D
4: six, which is the maze contract extension. Uh, Mayor, I'm going to leave the meeting so you guys can have a conversation, if that's okay. Yes, that sounds no. great. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much, Catherine. Great work. You're welcome. Bye.
2: Okay,
0: so Chris, is this you or Vivian? Is this you to?
2: Uh,
3: it, it'll answer. be it'll be me, uh, Mayor, if I can. Please. Uh, thank you for moving this up and uh, thank you for, to the public for all of the requests to review this matter. Uh we got significant uh, public comment from individuals in the community suggesting that there needed to be uh, a third party audit tour. And I'm not sure if that meant change Mays or, you know, bring uh, Mays back and have their scope uh, be expanded Uh, But what I wanted to say again is this, uh, the auditor is independent, works for the city council. So whatever the city council and this committee want to do, staff will make work. Uh, One of the things that's happened in Sausalito is when you let out contracts for audit services, they've been three-year agreements. And these three-year agreements have rolled once with May. So they've been here for a total of six years. And uh, one of the things that we know is that auditors have schedules and they have existing client lists. And this is something that I understand Sausalito and many cities struggle with. When they get ready to change, the question is uh, what will that do to your new audit and your new audit team and your consultant, who is your independent third party? Uh, Typically, if you do them quickly enough, uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot of um, uh, issue, but when you're in toward the end of March or you're mid and February into March, and you're talking about schedules that need to happen for audit work to be done uh, to go out to some new process, which could take 30 days uh, and bring that person on board. Uh, the audit that you got done this year on January 31st and the prior year in March, uh, that could be a question mark. Uh, and as long as I, I, I believe you understand that going in open with eyes wide open, that if we go out and not use maize, uh, that we would bring someone new on uh, we can do that, but again, it may impact the timing of when you get the audit completed because uh, there's obviously some lag here. Uh, I also wanna say that, you know, um, you know, we have focused on the audit so intently and spent significant dollars on making sure that, you know, we can make meaningful improvement. And I think that's gonna be reflected in next year's audit uh, for sure. And it's reflected in some of Chad's comments and uh, the auditor's comments as well but you know if we are going to actually um, change auditors then my thought would be is that you know we would want to make sure that we retained uh some help from i bailey because a finance department is just not audits it's budgets it's you know timesheets it's w-2s it's business licenses it's a number of things that are on schedule so uh i know we have a big focus on audits and that's a big part of vivian's background and I know the council has directed us to do that. So if you in fact, decide to um, go to a new audit after six years, uh, we'll we'll adjust, but just go into it with your eyes wide open. Uh, Chad or Vivian, do you have any comments beyond that?
5: No, I I would echo what you've said. Um, If we are gonna go out for RFD, it, it, it is getting a little late in that process. I think, you know, we certainly should go out next year. Um, and have that request for proposal ready to go so it can hit the, the newsstand or be published um, you know, January 1st. To enable firms to bid on it, to get us worked into their schedule and, and, and really do a thorough job of proposing on that. Um, and also you know, to change an order is quite an endeavor um, with the new finance director, you know, still learning their, their systems, their routines. It, it would be a substantial amount of work to put forth um it's not insurmountable and it certainly can be done um Chad, i think those what, are your cost benefits
0: what time of year does the rfp normally go out
5: I, I usually see them kind of right after the audit gets published so i think ideally like first week of january
0: and then how long does it take to prepare the rfp you know i think w- there's there's
5: templates out there um you know i think to prepare it i don't know couple weeks maybe to put something together to get reviews to make sure that it has all of the requirements that we need and then usually it's it's open for a couple weeks to allow firms to ask questions about the the city and the process and then kind of go into that selection phase so we certainly can do it i mean we've i have access to various rfp templates that we get all the time we could we could you know kind of change the wording and and to kind of make it adaptable to the city of Sausalito
0: Good. thank you um councilor is to be any questions before we take public comment
2: no, thank you
0: okay uh well let's see if there's a member of the public that would like to speak on this um do you see any hands yes
2: I, I, I guess i did since you're opening up the public comment i would just say does any member of the public who's on the call think that Mays isn't third party or independent enough to be our auditor i am curious to know
0: Okay, I see, I see some folks on the call who had uh, questions by email. And so I would welcome your insight and thoughts now, since we're putting that out there. Um, I will tell you, I, I'm leaning at this point, given the schedule and where we are and what we've just requested uh, Mays and I Billy to do in terms of quarterly checks and agreed upon procedure. Uh, I'm leaning towards finishing out this year, but getting that RFP out uh, beginning as soon as possible. So we don't lose any time. And we also don't miss uh, any opportunities on the audit, but I, I'd love to hear from the public if anybody has further comments on this. Okay, I do not see any hands raised. So we didn't close public comment. Uh, Councilmember member Sobieski, given some of the other controls we've just requested, uh, would you, uh, do you think that's the, the right path to continue where we are for, for now, but knowing that we will be switching uh,
2: so yeah, I think in general it's a good idea to switch periodically just because you know there are of course always blind spots in anyone's procedures um, so just to, uh, as a good practice uh, I think we should um, and so we should have an RFP but I don't want to delay the audit it sounds like they've been doing a good job the previous audit was delivered in March and then this past year they delivered it in January and it seems pretty hard-hitting uh, pointing out uh, material things that we need to fix
7: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I you know, commend chris and the staff for fixing and working to fix them uh so i'm I, you know i have no reason not to think they're doing a, a great job and so when we're putting the rfp out it's a thank you to them for for doing a great job and but an interest in um, just having the best practice of of, uh, of getting new firms from time to time but if we did that now we'd really risk delaying an audit and and uh, you know we don't want to We don't want to do that. We want to get an audit done on schedule.
0: Yeah, and again, just for folks who may share today's meeting with others, uh, I feel the same way. I do not want to risk delaying another audit. Um, I feel um, that what we heard today from from Mays was a a job well done. They did not shy away from hard issues. We were told today that Catherine will be stepping down. A new person will be uh, coming to handle the audit. And so with those interests in mind, uh, I'm gonna support us moving forward with a new auditor uh, in next year at first thing. Um, and uh, so as to not miss any issues for this year, finish out the year, uh, but continue with the quarterly checks as discussed. Chris, is that enough direction?
3: So, so what we would do mayor and um, council member is take a report with an action item to renew a maze for, Uh, this extra year and understanding that we were going to go out to bid first week in January for RFP services and Mays could always uh, apply if they'd like but but we're going to contemplate you know other parties as well
0: yeah that's right I'll emphasize we will be doing an RFP we'll be following that procedure Um, again the decision is so we don't miss uh, anything this year and, and continue with the fine work that's being done okay well, thank you then. That concludes uh, that item on the May's contract. Uh, so we have about 20 minutes uh, and I'm, I'm wondering, it might be um, might be helpful just to set the stage for our next meeting. Uh, if we do start with the BLT uh, presentation, and again, uh, I will ask if the city manager and Councilmember Sobieski might have time either Thursday afternoon or Monday morning to continue this meeting so that we keep this thread. Uh, what do you think Council Member Sobieski about hearing the presentation for BLT?
2: Well, it seemed to me we should take the next item, items that we can actually finish if we're gonna be doing a special meeting, rather if we think we can finish BLT today, then sure. But if we uh, think it might take some time and it might, so I guess maybe we could do the ones that we could dispatch with and then just have a coherent meeting um, to consider the other agenda items.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, So uh, with that in mind then, and with all due respect to the folks who are here for the BLT. Um, and I thank you for your time. Do you want to? We don't want to give a short shrift. So, Chris, do you think that Measure O is one of those uh, items we could review in the next 20, 25 minutes?
3: Yeah. Yes, Mayor. I think we can, and appreciate uh, everybody that's here interested in um, the business license tax. And I think you're correct in saying you need to really walk through that and talk about what it is. Uh, so, and I can cover Measure O in. Um, five minutes or less okay. go from there so,
0: so all yours
3: uh, first of all you know I want to say that whoever uh, put measure on the agenda uh, to help the city's uh, financial position so it could address essential services in 2014 uh, kudos to them uh, that uh, measure which is being paid in large part by people that don't live in Sausalito but is you've been integral integral to Sausalito's budget uh, has been about a little over a million a year and so as you know it, it's a 10-year measure it expires in 2024 and so when I got to Sausalito uh, I saw that I looked at your sales tax numbers uh, in terms of how you compare with neighboring cities and you're not the lowest but you're certainly not the highest uh, so they have since sales tax measure put in place um, uh, there's some literature that I read that spoke to how it would help Uh, fixed potholes and other essential infrastructure. And as you know, when I came to Sausalito, I made the observation that, you know, you have the best uh, views in the world, but you have some really bad asphalt and sidewalks and buildings here. And Measure O is integral to that. So uh, when the budget was adopted this past year, in 2016, uh, Measure O generated 1.1 million. In 2017, about 1.2 million. And um, uh, 2018, uh, same number, same number. And that money was put into um, uh, work done by uh, the city staff to really deal with our infrastructure. In 2022, um, a pandemic year, um, an uncertain year, um, the city took uh, the $1.2 million that was typically uh, put into. work that involved our infrastructure and put it into operating expenses. So there was a zero. And um, I think that was really um, something that in hindsight uh, should be changed and can be changed. And I go back to the information that you got from your auditor about the availability of 8.3 months worth of, um, of undesignated reserve. Uh, I would hope that the city council and this committee would consider the idea of putting $1.2 million of that money back into the budget for things like roads, uh, project management, grant leverage, and those things. And we do that so that we don't have a record of a zero in terms of our Measure O history. Uh, so that is the, the, the nuts and bolts of it. Uh, I'd like to answer any questions, but I really believe that uh, when you're looking at a, a pandemic budget, sometimes you make decisions without you know the benefit of hindsight And, you know, and with that benefit, you know, I know that some time and some view on my end has created this real uh, focus on, you know, we got to get measure O back into the budget and you should take it from your reserves and that would leave your reserves at a still much higher amount than the policy requires for. And I always make this argument. If you don't put money into your infrastructure today, it will cost you more than interest you'll make uh, on keeping that money in a savings account. And so if you don't invest in Measure O today, the improvements that you're spending $100 for uh, might cost you $125 tomorrow. So I would recommend that the city council and this committee consider using um, their reserve and their balance and uh, applying that to uh, this budget year and putting that into uh, our, uh, our program. There's a staff report in there that uh, Director McGowan has prepared to talk about some specific uses for it. Uh, There's some specific projects that have been longstanding that this could accelerate uh, and help us with. So with that, I will close my comments and see if there are any comments from you or the public.
0: Chris, can you just um, spell out, I know um, Catherine articulated uh, the reserve policy and that we're well within it. If we were to remove this amount from our reserves and put it back into the general fund, what percentage um, of our general fund would we have in reserves?
3: Well, I, I'd have to you know, do some city manager arithmetic, but my recollection is when you did the landslide task force implementation, uh, we were told that we had a 30% reserve level and you took $100,000 out of it. So it was about 30% then. So if you took 1.2 million out of it, you'd take it into the mid 20s, low to mid 20 percentile, uh, which is still above the two to three month uh, uh, recommendation and well above the 15% uh, policy that you are, um, Uh, required to have uh, by council. Uh, So um, I I can give you specific numbers if you ask us to bring this full. Looks
0: like you've frozen, um, Chris. Council Member Sobieski, you have questions uh, for the city manager on this before you open up a public comment?
2: Well, I saw Kevin McGowan was here, and so I guess my question, he could probably answer, which is just the $1.2 million will be allocated to which projects? which which infrastructure projects will we go to
0: oh and he uh someone needs to unmute kevin and chris you're back so while kevin's getting unmuted can you um explain again why there was no allocation in 2022.
2: he's probably muted also so whoever's running this meeting needs to co-host everybody who's a speaker there we go all right kevin
0: you go first you're ready first then chris (laughs)
2: Uh, thank you so much. I'll make it quick. In the staff report that's attached, which is a draft, draft staff report for the 8th of March, it has some different alternatives. Um, it, I think that it, we are kind of seeking council's direction on which ones to go for. But the idea is to put it back into roadway projects specifically. In other words, we can turn those around fairly quickly and utilize that money as best we can. Which roadway projects the council can decide on a specific project, or we can go back to our pavement condition index and add the next road, which is Platte Road. Okay. More
0: questions for Kevin McGon. Okay. Uh, so Chris, can you return to that question about why we did not make the allocation in the last year?
3: Well, I I wasn't here. Okay, uh, I came on uh, June the seventh. The budget was. Uh, brought forward to the city council and um, as I looked at you know the condition of the city and the condition of the budget um, I felt like it would be penny wise and pound foolish to keep money in the bank to say you had it in the bank and not spend it on infrastructure so measure O became a real important point for me but I also get that you were coming out of a pandemic and that was something unprecedented in Sausalito's history where you were staring at revenue uh, losses and uncertainty and so for the staff to take in uh utilize that money to fund operating expenses uh, didn't seem to me like an unwise decision but in hindsight i'd like to correct it that's my recommendation
0: thanks very much um let's see if we have any members of the public who would like to comment i thought i saw um a hand up
1: no i saw one hand up ray with you
0: ray would you like to comment on this
1: yes can you hear me okay
0: yes we can okay good um so madam mayor
8: and uh council member and uh staff uh, uh for those of staff who don't know me um my name's ray withy i was on the city council from 2012 to 2020 um and uh i was mayor uh actually in 2014 chris when we um actually went for measure o Um, and along with Joe Burns, who was not on the council at the time, uh, we led the citizens' uh, committee to actually pass Measure O. So um, I am very supportive of this. I believe that the budget that you adopted that uh, put all of the Measure O proceeds into operating uh, expenses for 21-22 was a mistake. And i'm really glad chris that you are recommending rectifying that measure o was conceived in 2014 as you've exactly described i view it as a risk management tool we needed a revenue stream to actually do things that we were unable to do and at the time it was identified that infrastructure was that critical issue and that we needed a revenue stream for infrastructure but well, we designed it so that it could be used for anything—an emergency, for instance, or um, a way to actually protect the general fund when it was put under under stress. And therefore, I also agree with you, Chris, that it was perfectly understandable and acceptable for the 20 for the fiscal year 2021 to use half of the measure O money to uh, essentially for operating expenses. Um, people seem to forget what actually we needed to go through in 2020 to actually get the students through that year. Um, So uh, I'm very supportive and I would just like to um, make the final comment which is I'm also therefore assuming that when you start giving directives for the future budget preparation which you are in the process of doing now and when we hear the mid-year budget uh, presentation from Vivian. By the way, Vivian, welcome. I haven't actually said hello to you yet. So, um, is, uh, Thank you. That measure O proceeds that are anticipated in the next year's budget will also go into capital uh, investment and that you will have to make a decision among all the various choices as to what to do. So that means that the structural deficit that i still believe that you're facing um won't be going away because you can't use measure old, you won't be using measure old money for it and so the council's gonna have to brace themselves for that when you get to your future agenda items when you talk about uh the budget for next year but anyway i'm fully supportive of it and i'm fully supportive of it going to go into roads i think that makes perfect sense we've got some catching up to do there
0: Thank you so much for that perspective, Ray. Um, I see Wendy Richards and then Patzak. Wendy, welcome. You're ready. Oh, you were unmuted for a second. Okay. Um,
9: Thank you. Uh, Just a quick comment. Um, I stayed, uh, even though my intention here was for a different agenda item. Uh, I would like to just add to what uh, was said about flat as being the priority street. Platt is in extreme disrepair. It has, I live at the base below Platt. It has become a major thoroughfare for traffic to the freeway. It is no longer just a resident street. It is the primary street that all the map apps send visitors to and freeway uh, acts for freeway access. So please keep it at the top of the list whatever is decided on the priorities, it is a high priority. And with recent construction there, it has gotten very dangerous. One of my neighbors fell coming down that street because of the uneven pavement. So just wanted to um, voice that since I'm here and I can represent the neighbors that live up the hill. Thank
0: you. Thank you, Wendy. Pat,
7: welcome. Um, Thank you. Echoing Wendy's comment on plat and paraphrasing um, managers uh, Zapata's comment on the quality of our streets in this town Uh, I hope that whatever you do with measure is based on the uh, assessment of condition rather than picking special uh, bright shiny glittering projects Um, if the if the street assessment needs to be updated please do it and then please rely on it not only is plat a disaster but money more which feeds into plat is becoming a disaster and i am one of the people who lives up on the hill secondly the problem with measure o and things like it is that one tends to rely on that revenue stream to provide funding for those purposes rather than acknowledging that we need more and we should be allocating more infrastructure. I think as Mr. Zapata correctly said, if you don't spend a hundred dollars on it today, you're gonna to spend 125 or 150 on it next year. And uh, that would be, and live through a deteriorating situation, which he doesn't man- uh, mention. So I hope you uh, devote more than measure O to infrastructure. I hope it's infrastructure we need rather than something pretty that we might want. Uh, and when those needs are done, and let's go on with the with the pretty
0: things. Thanks. Thank you, Pat. Any other members of the public wish to opine? Okay, we'll go ahead and close public comment. Um, I'll go ahead and thank the city manager again for uh, raising this and re-raising it. I think uh, we everybody on the finance committee shares the prioritization of infrastructure in our community. Um, I know that Councilman Sobieski and I have had many conversations about. How important this is, and one of those things that people notice uh, right away as well. And so I appreciate the city manager uh, leading the charge here. Um, so I, I am in favor of bringing this to the council uh, with that direction. Councilmember Sobieski, how do you feel about it?
2: You know, I I would like to emphasize what Pat Zuck just said, and we've said it before, Mayor, you and I, and I think we said it in public when we had this um, discussion last fall, with uh, led by Chris Zapata. Uh, we need to change the way we think about um budgeting for our infrastructure maintenance where we actually uh anticipate the maintenance expenses that are associated with all our projects so that it's not enough just to fix a park you've got to then know that to maintain that park would cost a certain amount of money every year Mm -hmm. and actually ensure that that maintenance is done and uh you know i'm not a civil engineer but it's truly not rocket science to do it it just requires the same kind of um construction of procedures that we were talking about earlier in this meeting around our financial management around our infrastructure management and I know Kevin McGowan's up for the task and I think we need to make it a priority uh, to have an ongoing process that ensures that we um, maintain our the the projects we spend money on fixing uh, or building from the get-go so uh, I hope that you know we get so busy with what's right in front of our face that sometimes we don't play the long game we all Get distracted, but I hope um, I hope everyone reminds us, and I hope we remind ourselves to be sure we do that, uh, and actually talk about building that procedure, not just that we do it for a season when we remember about it, but figuring out how we develop an accounting or structural procedure to make sure that that's done. And, and then, by the way, we'll know what the number is. You know, we always always argue about how much does Sausalito have enough money or not. Well, it all depends what we're trying to accomplish. If we're okay with. PMI of sixty-five, then maybe we do have enough money. But if we want to have the best roads in Marin County, then uh, then maybe we it justifies having more money. But we can't talk about that until we really understand the number. So and that number has to have credibility in everyone's eyes. So that's not a small task to do, but if we achieve it, it'll um I think it'll be awesome. Agreed. Okay, Chris, do you need anything more uh from towards the direction? Oh, back
0: to mute but I think you shook your head that you're okay. Okay, thumbs up, great. Um, okay, well, my apologies and, and thank you to everybody, uh, but we are going to adjourn. Uh, I will ask, and if you guys need more time to look at your calendars, would Monday at 11 a.m. work for uh, the city manager, councilor Sobieski and Vivian, um, get a thumbs up from city manager. I know um, chat is available.
2: So you're putting me on the spot. Do you have anything a little bit later
0: um i wanted to give us a lot of time so um i am free until two
2: so um yes on monday i was 12 would have been fine let me see if i can move what i have at 11 and if i can i can do it earlier but for sure we could do 11 uh, 12 to 2. if I have the okay. I'm,
0: I'm happy to plan 12 to 2 if that works for uh the city yes. and for vivian yes sold 12 to 2. Okay. thanks okay thank you everybody um and thanks everybody for joining and we'll see you again on monday should you wish to pick this up uh, from 12 to 2. thank you
9: everyone